Hello and welcome to the 13th episode of The Honesty Pod with me, Beth Cortentom. Here you will find nothing but honesty, whether you like it or not, and things that you need to hear. So, I was listening to Stephen Bartlett's uh, most recent podcast with Mel Robbins the other day, and she kind of blew my mind. Um, And she said, how many words? These seven words, and they, they just kind of made me stop for a second. She said, we are not born to hate ourselves. And that line alone kind of blew my little brain a little bit. Um, because obviously it's true, you know, when do we develop this self-hatred that most of us have experienced or are still experiencing? Um, and you know, why, why is it a thing, you know, and it's kind of almost like the norm, isn't it? To, to hate yourself and, you know, feel like, um, yeah, you know, that it's almost kind of become a trend in in well or, or was should I say in in some aspects as well um and you know we don't come out the womb thinking oh I feel like shit and I hate myself you know and I did some very limited research um before starting this podcast um so this answer could be completely incorrect but from what I have read um you know, we start, well, research shows, my limited research shows that we start forming our own opinions around about the age of eight, you know, about ourselves. So I guess, you know, we could kind of start hating ourselves from then. And, you know, again, that thought alone is is wild, you know, thinking that an eight-year-old can kind of think that they're not, you know, they're, I don't know, that, that they've got this limited sense of self-worth and their self-esteem is awful, an eight-year-old for God's sake. So yeah, you know, I haven't really drafted out this this episode as as much as I do the other ones because it's kind of, uh, I guess, a talk that I want to have with myself. Um, And you know, I thought, why not record it and, you know, see if you guys also have some opinions and yeah, just kind of go from there. So what I wanted to start kind of thinking about is, I guess, why it is that we very often have this idea of ourselves um, that, you know, we don't like ourselves, you know, we think other people don't like us, even if we don't have evidence to prove so. Um, You know, we feel like we have to fit in and, you know, do as everyone else is doing. If we're different, sometimes we're scrutinized for it, etc, etc. So we're going to try and dive into that a little bit here. Um, So my first thought is obviously societal pressures, you know, the many pressures that are within society um, that again have almost become normal. and, you know, this idea that if we are an outcast of society, you know, that, you know, it's almost like we're going to be left behind or we're going to be ridiculed or, you know, we're, we're not going to be popular. And I guess that whole situation stems back to, you know, the tribal days um, before, long before um, social media, electricity, all that kind of stuff. Um and, you know, if 
let's say, for example, someone did something and the tribe casted them out, it was kind of almost like they were bound to die, essentially, because, you know, as humans, we need to be part of this pack because, um, you know, one lone human uh, probably can't defend themselves against, you know, a massive tiger or, uh, I don't know, whatever other predators there are um, out there for us. Whereas if we're part of a tribe, then, you know, we've, we've got a, a bare chance of, you know, potentially beating whatever is trying to attack us. Um, and I guess that goes with this whole notion of not fitting in, even though we now don't have those worries of if we don't necessarily fit the status quo that we're not going to die because you know things aren't going to attack us anymore um i guess we still have that instinct of we need to feel like we belong somewhere um and i I guess that's kind of hardwired into our dna essentially um and you know alongside this with you know the whole essence of fitting in there's also this notion of kind of not having the right things um so for example like let's flash back to you know middle school high school days when if you didn't have the latest super dry coat or if you didn't have the latest smartphone or if you didn't have the latest like little gadget or gizmo that's going around then you know you were kind of like a little bit of an outcast um and whether that was because you just generally didn't want the new things or because your family genuinely couldn't afford it you know you just kind of felt like oh you know what I'm not in with you know the gang the tribe I'm I'm not there anymore um and then you potentially feel kind of a sense of loneliness with that as well um and I guess you know looking at that from you know a child's or teenager point of view with you know kind of I'm thinking back to my middle school and high school school days um we can also look at this in the adult world per se and you know some humans for whatever I don't know why because I'm personally not a materialistic person in the slightest if you're not wearing designer if you're not driving you know a, a car on finance if you're not if you haven't yet bought a house by the time you're 25 then some people can kind of look at you almost like well you're not winning at life you know what are you doing um you know you're lazy you haven't got the things you're supposed to have um and again you know that can almost make you feel a bit like oh okay so I again do not fit in because I do not have x y and z um even if that's not necessarily your goals as well Um, And then there's also on the topic of goals, you know, having different goals to your peers, too. So, for example, um, let's go to uh, go back to high school. Um, You know, we all we all can probably picture the uh, I don't want to the the smarter bunch of individuals that you know were always kind of on time for lessons they always did their homework you know they were always you know acing every single test and stuff and they didn't necessarily this is me massively like uh stereotyping here as well they sometimes didn't necessarily care about you know getting a boyfriend or a girlfriend or you know uh going to house parties and that kind of stuff as well um, and then, you know, a lot of other people, you know, that's what they were kind of into. So when relating that to the adult world, 
you know, having different goals in the sense of, you know, not wanting to have children, you know, that's a massive one. Um, and for me, currently, that's exactly where my headspace is at. I, I don't want children. The thought of having children, absolutely not. Um, but a lot of other people my age have either had several children or they are, you know, well on their way to getting themselves wiped up and popping out some children in the very near future. Um, and again, that can also kind of make you feel like a little bit of an outcast there too. Um, and potentially if you let it get to you, you can kind of start to think, well, why am I, why am I different? Why am I weird? Because I don't want to have children, but everyone else around me does. Um, and then if we go over to maybe like family pressures, um, so, you know, the pressures of, as we were just saying, starting a family, you know, buying a house, getting a stable or real, whatever that means, uh, job, um, you know, this again is something that quite a lot of families push on, you know, the younger generation because, that's what they've grown up with that to them is the norm so if you deviate outside of that you're kind of a bit you know you're almost like the black sheep of that family I guess um and I have none of those um I'm definitely not thinking about starting a family um apart from buying uh well not buying necessarily but uh, adopting a little doggy when I eventually can or rescuing you know one of the two um definitely not thinking about buying a house because I don't know where my home is yet you know I'm living in Brighton but right now I don't know where my home is and I guess my job couldn't be considered stable um because you know it's not like I'm getting the same kind of monthly check from uh you know a big corporation um and I guess for a lot of of the older generation my my job probably wouldn't be classed as a real job as well um so you know there's a lot of things there to kind of unpack within yourselves in your own kind of family environment and the people that you surround yourself with in society you know do you uh, do you fall in line with what everyone else is doing or do you feel a little bit more outcasted um because I definitely feel like an outcast but like I'm totally fine with it it, it does not bother me in the slightest because I know if I start to fall into the family pressures and the societal pressures then I will just become very unhappy um which is something that I I found through through therapy I, I realized I made that realization um right okay so let's get back on track um so yeah you know this whole notion of we are not born to hate ourselves but it's almost as if you know pressures are from people around us and even people that we don't know around us are are there to almost guide us into not liking our being and it's almost as I said at the beginning like a norm for you not to like yourself like it's okay to do that and I'm gonna I'm say it now it's not okay to not like yourself because if you don't like yourself, and I know everyone's probably heard this and read it, like, you know, it's just one of those things where it just goes in one ear and out the other. But if you don't like yourself, how is someone else going to like you? You know, how are you going to let someone in and show them your true self if you don't even like yourself? And what it is, what is it about yourself that you do not like? Now, if you instantly think about 
oh, you know, it's, it's my body. I don't like my body. No, I don't like my hair. I don't like anything aesthetic. We need to stop right there, you know, or if it's, you know, oh, I don't like my hip dips. I don't like the way that one breast is bigger than the other, etc. Um, I need to stop you there because if you do not like yourself solely based on your appearance, on your appearance, should I say, we've got a problem because a lot of your appearance, yes, you can change, you know, you can get a new haircut, you know, you can potentially um, lose weight if you want to, gain weight if you want to, you know, whatever that is. But when it comes to like structurally, you don't like that one breast is bigger than the other or that you've got hip dips. This is part of your body. This is part of who you are. You cannot hate that. You have to accept it and learn to love it. And as cheesy as that sounds, you have to do it, you know, because, you know, thinking about getting surgery um, should not be your kind of answer to things. We have to learn to love the body that we are in. Um, And then on the other hand, if, you know, you, you quote unquote hate yourself because of the way maybe that your brain works, the way that you think, then guess what? we can also change that too. And now for a lot of people, this will be very difficult, um, especially for people that maybe have mental illnesses like bipolar, um, ADHD, um, all of these kinds of things. Um, And also for those that maybe have poor mental health as well. So anxiety, depression, um, it, it will be difficult. It's going to be more difficult than those that don't suffer with poor mental health or mental illness. But it is possible. Only if you allow yourself to heal that part of yourself. And that's all on you. And I think maybe that's why people find it so difficult to embrace themselves and make the change that they know they need within themselves whether that be physically or mentally or both because it does start with them and you know it's not something where someone's going to come along and be like nope right no I know that you're currently doing this and you know you don't like yourself for it so we're going to make sure to change it you know we're not at school anymore it's not like oh you haven't done your maths homework you need to go and do it now if you haven't done it then that's just how it's going to be left. So I want you to think about whether you feel like you fall within any of this scenario. Now, you might not necessarily hate yourself because I think as we can all agree, hate is a very strong word. Um, But, you know, if there if you maybe don't have a great relationship with yourself and the way that you think about yourself, the things that maybe you do as well, then we need to look at those and we need to figure out, okay, why do you go out binge drinking at the weekends, most weekends? What kind of emotion and what kind of memories are you maybe trying to cover up? Are you really tuning into yourself and your emotions and how you're feeling within certain circumstances because if we're just completely blanking them out and ignoring them then you're not going to become self-aware enough to think right 
whenever I go to the pub on a Friday or go out clubbing on a Friday, I always feel awful for the rest of the weekend. And I always feel like I've had a bad weekend um, because I don't feel like I get anything productive done. And, you know, with this constant kind of repetitive spiral of, of this certain situation, um, it can be very difficult to break out of it if you're not becoming or if you're not kind of picking up on the fact that actually going out and binge drinking uh you know drinking three bottles of wine and you know as many shots as you can get down your neck as well is not helpful you know we need to stop covering up emotions even if they're really painful we need to face them understand why that we are feeling them And then that then allows us to start the journey and process to make those emotions less prominent within our everyday or, you know, weekly lives. And uh, hopefully most of you saw a post that I put on uh, my Instagram uh, this week. Um, It was a post your pill post. Uh, I think Alex, uh, Dr. Alex, oh uh, the one from Love Island, I've forgotten his last name. He um, kind of started the the trend, I guess, um, on Instagram by posting his pill um, and kind of explaining his backstory on, you know, kind of anxiety and depression um, and I guess why he takes it. And he did that because we want to end, um, you know, medication stigma, um, especially stigma around taking medications for your mental health um because a lot of people think if you start taking medication for your mental health you must be absolutely clinically insane um and you know you need this medication to suppress otherwise um you know you're gonna go and I don't know go and do something crazy um which is not the case at all um and yeah I posted that I am also on uh antidepressants I have been on them twice in my life um so once a couple of years ago got myself off them and then as soon as the third lockdown hit in the UK um in January February time I had to go on them again because I just I struggled I struggled a lot throughout that time um and I'm still on them now and I wanted to post that post not for not for you know looking like a hero that I'm speaking up uh, about it because I guess a lot of people probably wouldn't think that I'm on antidepressants um but because I want people to know it is okay to go on them if you feel you need them and they're not going to be the be all and end all of things you know once you start taking them everything is going to magically be okay that is not the case at all um it just gets you to a point where those highs and lows are nowhere near as bad and you can start to process maybe why you're getting those highs and lows maybe what's triggering you you can go through therapy which is exactly what I did um you can you know begin CBT methods to combat those thought pros those thought patterns should I say um and you know it allows you to get to a good place with yourself mentally and then you know over time when you feel ready and you know your therapist slash GP thinks that you're ready as well you can slowly start coming off them you know antidepressants aren't something to to be on forever um for for very few people um they might be um but for the majority of us that 
that take them they're they're not a forever pill um you know you've got to do the work in order to understand why you feel like that um so yeah you know just understand that that is also an option for you um and I personally remember the first time that I um kind of knew something wasn't right with me if that makes sense um and I was sitting in the doctor's office I think I went there for something else I think it was something to do with my acne and I was like right I need to say you know that I'm not feeling very good but I don't know how to say it how to bring it up I don't know I don't want to worry the doctor like that was one of the like thoughts going around in my head when I was waiting in that waiting room for my name to be called um I was thinking you know I don't want to sound crazy I don't want to worry the doctor too much you know I just want to kind of understand what's happening and and you know be able to have some kind of solution for the time being because everything was just becoming so overwhelming I was getting frequent panic attacks I felt like I couldn't breathe you know I felt like life kind of was ending when I was in one of those kind of situations and you know I just didn't I I didn't know what to say and I was sat in the waiting room I can feel myself tearing up already and I was like I can't cry like in front of the doctor and I went into the room um when I name my name got called and um the the doctor that I was seeing she actually had um like a um, uh, doctor in training I think uh, is what you would call them and she was like oh do you mind if he sits in with us whilst we do our um, you know consultations today and I was kind of like yes you know thinking holy shit you know I'm not gonna I'm not saying this to just just to her I'm also saying it to now a junior doctor as well and I was thinking oh my god I don't know if I can do it um I walk in I sit down and she's like okay you know what can I do for you today so I explained about I think it was something about my acne and I was like okay can I have some more medication for my acne because it's not working um and she said yes absolutely no actually no I remember I said I've got two things to discuss today because I was like if I make sure to mention it at the start then I can't then back out you know, as I'm talking about the first thing and, you know, thing, my, my thoughts are just going crazy, like a hundred miles an hour in my brain. Um, and so we got past that and she was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, we'll put you on this for, you know, your acne, et cetera. And then she was like, okay, you know, what was that second thing? And I kind of froze for a second. I can faintly remember, even though it was only a couple of years ago, I think my memory is kind of wiped to that whole, that whole day out. Um, like, I can remember just sitting there frozen thinking what do I say how do I say that I feel awful all the time and I feel like I can't breathe I feel like I'm only surviving I don't feel like I'm living I feel like I'm dissociating a lot from myself and the experiences that I'm having and I think I think I just started crying I think that's how it went and she kind of, you know, gave me a box of tissues and was like, don't worry, take your time. And I was kind of, you know, that, that just the way that she comforted me, um, that, that really, really helped. She was a wonderful doctor. I was so glad I, I got to, you know, she was the one that I, I, um, got to speak to about it. And, um, I think I finally managed to kind of talk about how I was feeling and she was kind of, you know asking questions in a you know a delicate manner shall we say and she was like you know how long have you been feeling like this um and I'd say about the panic attacks um and you know she'd 
she kind of explained, you know, anxiety as, you know, some people are kind of on the anxiety fence almost like, you know, we just have a little bit more anxiety than other people. Um, so she kind of made it, a, she explained it in like a, a visual sense, which really helped at the time. I, I think I can remember. And um, yeah, I got through it with a lot of tears. I got my prescription and started taking antidepressants, which I did not think at the age of what, I think I was 21 that I would do. And I just never really thought about antidepressants as something that could help me as well, which again, is probably very similar to a lot of people, you know, or even yourself as well. And with that post that I posted this week, about that whole story um I had so many messages from people you know saying you know I've been told maybe antidepressants uh, would be good for me but I was scared and I didn't want to take them but now reading your story and you being so relatable you know I think I actually might start that journey and you know continue with my counseling and etc and you know just the fact that social media can be so powerful in that sense of you know getting people to maybe do something that they need to do but just needed that extra kind of um oh what's the word the extra kind of push I guess to do it because they, you know she sees other people are doing it and I guess maybe I was one of those people that she didn't think would be on them but I am um is is incredible and I'm really glad that uh, Dr Alex can't remember his last name from Love Island um you know opened up that conversation um in that way as well um so I feel like I've gone on a massive rant there I do apologize but I hope that that all makes sense to you and I guess I'm now gonna like finish off just by trying to listen takeaways um usually I have this these written down but um I don't today uh because this was very kind of like a free flow conversation so um takeaways so firstly I think this is kind of obvious um that we're not born to hate ourselves and that if we feel very negative emotions towards ourselves we need to make sure that we are slowly changing that in in whatever way helps you the most um second takeaway is it's okay not fit in to societal pressures, societal norms, family pressures. It's okay. Like I, I don't fit in with any of that and I am living my best life. So yeah, if you feel like you're a bit weird compared to the rest of your family, so be it. It's okay. As long as you're having a good time, it's all good. And you're not hurting anyone else. It's all good. Um, and thirdly um, is if you are worried about going on antidepressants and you've been prescribed them just know that it is something that is it can help you in a massive way and they are not a forever solution and that you need to get you know therapy counseling um around them and then you know eventually you'll be able to come off them and continue to live your best life 
Um, so yeah, that, I think that's the kind of the takeaways of, of this episode. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, if you did enjoy it, please subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Beth Q Fitness. Um, and if you're interested in finding out more about the body confidence coaching program that I run or have any questions, please drop me a message on Instagram at Beth Q Fitness. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll see you in the next one.